0: Fuck you, A soldier put in my right I a up in my bag? Fuck you, Get out of my Fuck you, Live from the studio, coming at you with a little uh, Meek Mills still cranking,
1: yeah, with Young Thug. Pray for Young Thug, guys. Pray for Young Thug. What's his got, situation these days? He just got four new charges, mm. he's locked up. He got hit with the Rico
0: for what? What happened?
1: Um, like his whole record label pretty much got uh. Like taken in by the like Atlanta, like whatever prosecutors or whatever the, the fuck, APD. You know? Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, so he's he's gone for a while. I don't know if Young Thug's ever gonna be free again.
0: What are the new charges? All Rico shit.
1: Uh, I think it was like uh, you know, they did another sweep on his house and found another machine gun Damn. and found like other drugs.
0: He didn't tell somebody to, like clear that shit out.
1: They're all in jail.
0: Uh, He can't call somebody?
1: What is he going to call? The over? Be like, yo, (laughs) if you get out before me.
0: I thought that's the point (laughs) of having bitches in the rap community. If I was a rapper, Mm -hmm. first of all, I would never refer to a woman as a bitch. But if I was a rapper, I would call one of my bitches
1: and I'd be like, yo, clear out You know, like say it was you. (laughs) Take the fall, bitch. I mean, come on, bitch. (laughs) I
0: would do like that old school, like mafia shit. You know, like you know, like you know the thing. Call him up, be like, hey, do the thing. You know, like
1: thing. And I'm like, what? What?
0: Hey, come on, see. (laughs) Why are you talking like that? (laughs) It's code.
1: Come on, see,
0: bitch. (laughs) Come on, man. I mean, it's been like, how long has it been he's arrested? He hasn't cleared out the machine guns yet? I mean... Should flush that shit.
1: bro. how is he going to flush machine guns at his house <laughs> if he's in jail?
0: I don't know, dude. You would, you would like to believe that this is a little bit more organized. You have organized crime, and then you have Un- unorganized, unorganized crime. crime.
1: <laughs> Hey, let me tell you one thing. You should have had a a Marie Kondo go to Young Thug's house. Get a little organization going on.
0: Organization. Who knows, dude? I don't know. It's just like some of these charges are like, come on, bro. I mean, if I was to, again, I'm not on this plane of life, fortunately. Mm -hmm. But if I was, I really do like to believe that I would be more efficient mm-hmm. at like like if i was to like evade taxes like or if i was to like launder money or something like that yeah i'd like to believe that like before doing something like that i'd understand the consequences and be like let me have all my ducks in a row when i'm inevitably arrested yeah like part of being a criminal is understanding that you will get arrested
1: yeah eventually you know? you'll get caught but yeah. you just have to make sure that when you are caught it doesn't all come crumbling down exactly in this situation it seems like they you know all came crumbling down yeah in that camp
0: i mean i'm just basing all my criminal experience off of movies that i've watched
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh maybe only the ones who are good at crime get movies made about them yeah but like you know our boy whitey bulger on the wall he uh he had his shit together dude like he had his like plants in the fbi that were working with him yeah well,
1: and also like he was you know a, he somehow had like you know some sort of cushy deal with the FBI. oh yeah, for uh you know, he got nabbed being an informant and then he became an informant niche. Yeah. As others might call mm-hmm. it. And the FBI
0: guys liked him, and they kept on, like, vouching for him and, like, saying, like, no, no, no. Like, he would actively be committing crimes, and then the guys on the inside would be like, no, no, no. No, he's- no,
1: no. We gave him the that stuff yeah. to do. So
0: he basically had this deal with the FBI, from my understanding, where he could kind of do whatever he wanted. Um, and then, like, he wasn't even really providing them with that much information. He would literally just provide them with I actually watched a uh kind of like documentary about him like you know what's the what's the time limit for a documentary this is like 40 minutes that's a documentary
1: that's anything a, that's like on the verge of just being a YouTube video though. yeah i watched a youtube video about whitey Bulger. <laughs> oh, no, i mean that could also be a history channel show with all the commercials taken out Oh, 100%. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so it's a documentary. It's a TV
1: documentary.
0: I know Whitey Bulger after this 45 minutes of no commercials, straight advertisement. And uh, he basically, like, he didn't even really provide them with information. He was just actively committing crimes. He had guys on the inside. And then, like, apparently just to, like, maintain his informant status the FBI guys would take other tips that they got from other people and just put it that they got Under it from Whitey. name? Yeah. So. They were
1: like doing his homework for him too. Oh, exactly. That's insane.
0: Because he was paying people off and like there's something like... Rom- I, I romantic. Romantic. It's so romantic. It's <laughs>
1: <That's> so cute.
0: <laughs> there's something like cool about when you're a criminal and like you're doing that type of shit because like, dude, they didn't find his ass until he was like... 87 yeah and at that point it's kind of like the cosby shit too it's like you've lived your entire life now granted you're living your entire life in hiding and constant paranoia like apparently by the time they find him found him like basically from the story i gathered first of all he was fucking mk ultra which Mm. is uh you know mk ultra of course conjures this kind of like conspiracy theorist Air about it, but it was a real thing. Now, what it was used for and how it was done is
1: up for debate, but
0: he was a part of that program. And
1: basically what they did was they would go in and kind of trying to figure out mind control by using acid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially, for anyone who's listening Mm -hmm. and And doesn't know about MK Ultra.
0: They went to like cons and were like, hey, like if you participate in this program. We can get you out sooner. We can do this. So they go and find criminals and are like, dude, like be a part of this and like it'll shorten your sentence. And they're thinking like, all right, so all I got to do is like trip balls all the time and like I can get out of jail sooner. That's what I was going to do once I was out of jail. Yeah. You know, so they're like, yeah, sure. And then apparently they just like uh, like apparently before he went to jail, Whitey Bulger had never killed anyone. Mm. Like he was like he was a low he was a low time criminal. And then he goes to jail, and they put him through this program, and they just dose him with, like, I don't even know... Do they say tabs in the FBI? Does the FBI do tabs?
1: Oh, I mean, they probably weren't that advanced. I feel like the tabs came about because the scientists working in those facilities where they made acid were trying to figure out how to take it out of the lab to mm. sell it on the streets. Got you. Uh, when they were, like, doing the MK Ultra shit, they are just, like, using pure, yeah, like, liquid LSD and, like, just... Putting on people's tongues, like yeah. one drop, but that would be like hundreds of tabs. Yeah, I can't acid. imagine
0: like the FBI being like, "All right, dude, put it on your tongue." Sit on it. Sit on it. Did you swallow it yet? Did you swallow it yet, dude? No, don't bro, swallow it. in there for
1: like 60 seconds and then chew it up and swallow it, bro.
0: Trust me. You're not going to feel it for the first 15 minutes, but once you do, it's like, no, that's probably not what's going on there. If bit it's of-
1: bitter, spit it out. That means it's bad. <laughs> you got to let me know, dude. You got to let me know if it's bitter, bro.
0: The oh, chillest agents.
1: Is it bitter or does it taste like paper? If it tastes like paper, you're good. <laughs>
0: So, like, they're fucking tabbing up him, and then he's, like, tripping beyond balls. And uh, then they just apparently would, like, one of the things they did was just sit They down. showed him
1: those videos we watched before the podcast. Like, <laughs> tickle his ribs with the blade.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention, Eric and I are seasoned combat veterans, trained. Yeah, we're trained Marines, essentially. We know how to knife fight. We know how to club fight. We were in World War Two, And we even got a couple secrets from some Japanese soldiers that let us know how to kill them. Yeah. It was. Uh, I've been. I've been. Not to get on a tangent, but I have been on a little. I, I was watching YouTube and like the, the one video popped up, and it was like crack that tank, and it was like <laughs> looking old school. And I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll watch it. It's, it's it's two p.m. on a Monday. What else am I doing? So I pop it on and I'm watching. It's like this 13 minute video of like a training video of how to like uh, combat tanks. Mm -hmm. And like the way they did it was so like I what fascinated me was like from watching the video, it made me feel like, yeah, I could do this. Yeah. Like and like that was kind of
1: the point. Like basically the video opens up. We're getting to the age where we're going to need to know how to crack tanks.
0: We're going to need to know how to crack tanks. Yeah. And so this guy is sitting here like he's like an older, cool dude smoking a cig, drinking a beer at a bar. And he's like, hey, didn't see you there. Let me tell you, I'm in a tank outfit too. Let me tell you something about (laughs) tanks.
1: There's a couple of weaknesses on these things, <laughs>
0: dude. Literally, exactly, and they're like running through and like they're going through all the beginning. They're like, when he's at 400 yards or 500 yards, who cares? Shoot at it, like make them button up, make the guys like go into the tank out of their holes, and then start shooting it. Like, it's gonna
1: they're... get hot in there. <laughs> oh,
0: dude, dude, you are doing an amazing job of predicting what this video is <laughs> talking about.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah! Hey, if they're in there too long, they're gonna run out of oxygen. <laughs>
0: So he's like talking about put your, like,
1: put your put your ass against the vents. <laughs> Let off a couple of farts in there.
0: <laughs> Those damn krauts won't know what
1: hit him. <laughs> Hopefully you've been eating some of their sauerkraut to really rile up their senses.
0: <laughs> so like they're doing all this stuff, and then the final thing, like when they're super close, he's like, and when they get very close, buy him a drink. And then he like lights a Molotov cocktail and throws it in there. And I was he was like And the gas will creep inside the vents and burn anything that's in there. What it looks like when it's in there. Well, do you want to (laughs) know? And then they like go to the next thing. I'm like, damn, dude, like that was kind of badass. Like this guy just like is under a tank and he goes and you're watching it. You're like, dude, easy peasy, baby. I got this. You know, it like makes you I mean, that's kind of the whole point is to make the soldiers feel like, dude,
1: you're good. Who I'm dies? 18. I'll never die. I am Superman. Yeah. I can single handedly take down a tank.
0: Yeah. And they talk about dying <laughs> like it's like this, like, whatever thing. They're like, well, if you stand up, you're one dead duck. I'm like, <laughs> you mean I'm dead? Yeah. <laughs> I like,
1: mean, my. Family is going to grieve the loss of me?
0: Yeah. And then they're talking about killing other people. Like, and let me tell you something. When you throw that Molotov cocktail, it's good for a 10,000 check back to Germany or something. Like, apparently that's what they, like, you die and they just send your family 10,000 bucks and they're like, Jesus. sorry. That's how much your life is worth. 10,000 fucking clams. Which back then is, you know... Like a million
1: dollars or some shit. Probably not
0: even a million, probably like a like hundred thousand, <laughs> 20,000 bucks. Yeah. Hey, thanks. But anyway. Hey, thanks. So like, you know, Whitey Bulger's in this MK Ultra program and he's all dosed up on acid and they're just going like, would you ever kill anyone? And he just goes like, no. And they just sit you in a room and ask you, would you ever kill anyone? Would you ever kill? Over and over again until you like go fucking insane. And basically, what they were trying to do was like anybody who's familiar with the 90s movie Zoolander, which is based off of an even earlier movie, I believe, called The Manchurian Candidate, Hmm. where basically. Which is
1: based off the naked gun. Yes, which of (laughs) course is based off of
0: the World War II training film, Crack That Tank.
1: (laughs) Oh. <laughs> what is it? it's OJ right I think so OJ's playing baseball mm-hmm. and uh, gets set up to kill the queen who's at Camden Yards for some reason
0: <laughs> I've never seen this film but this you sounds awesome you've never seen Naked
1: Gun? no oh shit watch that shit it's mm. good all the like Leslie Nielsen movies are good as fuck
0: so what's it it's, it's based in Baltimore?
1: Uh, so there's like a scene where they're playing baseball mm. and I believe they shot it at Camden Yards and when was this movie made? Uh, Like the 70s or 80s
0: See that makes sense because A lot of younger people don't know this But before the Washington Nash See a long time ago there was a team called the Washington Senators And uh, they were the baseball team for DC They then became not a team I believe they went somewhere else obviously And then we had a team called the Montreal Expos Mm. Which I always thought was a cool team name In the early 2000s, mid 2000s a team came back to Washington. They're called the Nationals now. But in that big gap, basically between the 80s and the early 2000s, Baltimore was the closest city to D.C. that had a professional baseball team. So the president and, like, world leaders, when they went out to see a baseball game, like, if you come to America and they're like, hey, let's show you America's pastime, they went to Orioles games. They had a presidential box in Camden Yards. Like, that was what it was for. So, like... Given that that movie was made in the 70s, it kind of makes sense that, that if it was like a world leader political thing at a baseball game, it probably did take place in Baltimore. Yeah. So that's pretty dope.
1: Well, I think also just like Camden Yards was like the stadium mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it was like the model stadium. It still
0: is. I mean, it was built in the late 90s and it still is one of the best baseball parks in uh, in the league. I mean, especially considering that all the biggest teams are still playing in like their original park, like... The Red Sox, they're, like, the biggest team in the MLB besides the Yankees, and they're playing in, like, their 1920s, like, park with, like, bleachers and shit. It's like, dude, I know. It's historical, but come on, dude. Mm -hmm. Uh, The White Sox, I think Chicago White Sox have the oldest stadium. It was built in, like, 1918. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? But it's cool. Wrigley Field and all that.
1: Damn. I just lied. Apparently it was just Dodger Stadium.
0: Oh, Close enough, you know. Brooklyn I Dodgers. I was thinking of
1: the. Uh, what's the Charlie Sheen movie that was shot at uh, Camden Yards?
0: Uh, fucking. Big league or something? Bull Durham.
1: Durham. Uh, maybe. I'm going to look it up right now. Minor league? Major maybe, league? Maybe one of those. It yeah. Might have been major league. Major league. Major league two. Okay. Major league two. Okay. <laughs> maybe the first one, too. We've really gone downhill I on think, this thing. I think maybe just like news is coming up about like, what if Charlie Sheen was in Major League 2? <laughs> so now so now it's just an idea
0: that maybe if they did film a sequel, it would be filmed at Cannon Yards. We've come a long no, way from no, the Naked Gun it, taking place at <laughs> fucking Pickles Pub. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. Um, <laughs> so anyway, a Manchurian candidate is of course, back during the Cold War, We're fighting with the Russians. Nothing's going on, but it's a battle of wills, baby, in terms of the uh, song by the same band who uh, made that song Eye of the Tiger. That band is called Survivor. It's the Eye of the Tiger. Everybody knows that song. I don't have to hum it. But they had another song that went... It's a primitive clash, as feeling up against the wall. It's a battle of wills. That's from Rocky IV, and I think it's called In the Burning Heart. In the Burning Heart. I know this because we only had one soundtrack on our wrestling team, and it was the Rocky IV soundtrack, and we just worked out to it every day for four years. Hell yeah. Um, so I know Rocky IV. But anyway, a lot of good music in there, too. You know, James Brown and everything like that. But anyway, so we're in the Cold War. We're trying to create what's called a Manchurian candidate, which is somebody who you can basically, like, dig into their subconscious that they're an assassin. Yeah, like a sleeper agent. Yeah. Give them a
1: code word, trigger them,
0: activate them. Boom. And I wonder if that worked. I don't think it did. I don't think we have actual sleeper cells out there, but we may. There might be, um, but what we did succeed in doing is driving a lot of people fucking insane. Um, another notable uh, MK Ultra participant was the Unabomber. Yeah, Stan Kaczynski, Timothy
1: who, Chalamet, or whatever. His Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Unabomber. Yeah, or or Stan Kaczynski, <laughs>
0: or Timothy Chalamet. No, wait, is it? It's not
1: Stan, Kaczyns- Stan Kaczynski. Stan Tim Tim, Tim Kaczyns- Kaczynski? Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we Jake go. gyllenhaal the fucking <laughs> unibomber. Um the unibrower more like <laughs> unibrow-er. it. You, you gotta pluck those, Jake.
0: Come on, Jake. We need the trigger word to make him like pick up a pair of tweezers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tweezer. Applesauce.
0: Oh, <laughs> like, oh Jake, you look great. Thanks. I was part of MK Ultra.
1: Jake, at three o'clock, <laughs> the prune juice spoils. Activated. (laughs) Grabbing tweezers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, with Whitey Bulger being one of the most notorious crime bosses of all time and Ted Kaczynski being one of the original domestic terrorists of all time in the Listen, United States. Let's call him Stan. Let's call him <laughs> Listen, Stan.
1: Listen. We know him. <laughs> Come on. We call him Stan. We but call that's him Stan. cause that's an inside joke between <laughs> yeah, yeah, us and Stan. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Stan, you know what we're talking about, dude. <laughs> don't you and Obamas. Um but uh yeah, so what they did succeed in is driving apparently a lot of people fucking insane because when Whitey Bulger got out, I don't think he became a Manchurian candidate. But he did become a guy who was a ruthless murderer, hothead. A hothead. They turn him into a dick, yeah. basically. That was really what MK Ultra succeeded, and they were like, "We're going to dose people with hundreds of milligrams of acid until they become jerks." Yeah,
1: <laughs> until they become <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, <laughs>
0: <laughs> another famous MK Ultra participant. Yeah. Um, and uh, so like he was on the run. For like, I don't know, fucking like 40 years. And he was living with his girlfriend under a fake name in just like a regular neighborhood in California. Blackie.
1: Blackie. Uh, <laughs> what's the opposite of bald? <laughs> what is the opposite? Concave. <laughs> Blackie
0: concavity. <laughs> <laughs> Our neighbor Blackie sure is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and his girlfriend <laughs> fucking not... <laughs> oh, jeez.
1: Not Mrs. Balger. <laughs>
0: Who would ever see through that? Um, so then, you know, neighbors, that when they were looking for him, and I, I actually remember um, watching TV at Seasons and not working uh, when they found him. Mm. And that was kind of like uh, apparently... Big news, you it know? was huge news, dude. It was huge news. And like watching that happen and like, you go back and like, would you really like, I almost would wager to say that he was such a paranoid mess. He would just sit looking out the window for like 60 years. It's like, dude, at that point, it's not worth it. Yeah. Also, why didn't you leave the country? Yeah, right. You know, like you're in fucking L.A., like the second biggest city in the country.
1: Yeah. You could find a fake passport or something. Yeah. Or not L.A. Or just but, buy a boat. Yeah. Just do it. Fucking- go straight. Shawshank
0: Redemption did, dude. Yeah, another great movie I watched recently. But uh, yeah, dude, Whitey Bulger. Shouts out to you, bro, for uh, I think he's I think he's dead now. Maybe probably. I think he was killed. And here's the other fun thing about all these uh, events is that, of course, once he was found, he was like beaten to death by his cellmate. Mm-hmm. And there is arguments to say maybe which
1: like. You know, he was an old Boston man.
0: Yeah. He was yeah. probably
1: a little racist.
0: He probably could have been a little racist. Also racist of you to assume that his cellmate was black, but who knows? I didn't
1: say he was black. He could have been Mexican. <laughs> he could
0: have been very... Wo- he, could have been he could have been... He could have been a really progressive a very white guy. Just white guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: he was like, hey, man, I don't like to use those words. <laughs> Even though I'm in here for mass murder, I have a fucking heart here, dude. <laughs> Chill with the slurs. Uh, so you always got to wonder, it's like, was that guy paid to kill him? Mm-hmm. You know, I I would venture to say that probably yes, because Whitey Bulger, because he was working with the FBI for so long, certainly had a lot of uh, information that would be damning to a lot of people inside the FBI. So they're going, OK, we got him. We don't want him to testify, because yeah. if he testifies, all these other old-ass motherfuckers are going to jail, and it delegitimizes our institution. So let's do what we always do, and fucking Epstein him, baby. Yeah. You know?
1: It also probably was... Uh, was the... Was fucking MK Ultra. I think that, that was CIA, probably, though, right?
0: I don't really know. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I think...
1: I think CIA... It's I think like it was the uh, FBI,
0: because FBI is more domestic.
1: Yeah, but... I think like that's why the CIA does it because they say they don't do things domestically. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's yeah, why. Yeah. Like, yeah, it yeah. Would be MK Ultra. If he talked about it because then they would have to admit that they operated domestically. Yeah, and
0: MK Ultra <laughs> was a CIA program, from my understanding. They likely. do shit on the inside. The CIA
1: is—they're usually the ones doing the most fucked up shit. Oh yeah, they're dude. the ones. I mean, they created acid. Which is not to try to brainwash cool. people. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is yeah. chill. They created crack to try to dismantle communities. <laughs> yeah, and which is not chill. Systems.
0: One of the chillest things CIA did was invent acid. Yeah. Uh, one of the least chill things they did was invent crack. Yeah. Um, but you know, Lord giveth and Lord taketh away. But uh, yeah, I mean the CIA, it, it just is like you know, it's crazy when you like look into history. Like I was looking into. Banana Republics, which is also a a clothing line, but Mm. the original meaning of a banana Republic was, um, the American United Fruit Company, the UFC before Mm. the UFC, Mm. uh, wanted to basically like take over all these countries in like Central and South America that had a lot of like bananas and were able to grow bananas. Um, and, like, monopolize the banana market. This oh, yeah. is real, and it sounds stupid.
1: Yeah, they, like, it's, overthrow, like, governments. Yeah, and the CIA bananas.
0: helped them. Yeah. The CIA actively worked with them to, in, to like, foster, uh gov- like, revolutions, like, stoke mm-hmm. unrest in the public, f- provide them with weapons to overthrow their, leader who was not basically allowing the united the united fruit company just come in buy up all the land pay their people slave wages and then uh harvest all the fucking bananas and ship them back to the united states for a profit yeah. so they were like why isn't this dude in guatemala letting us do this i got an idea let's fucking kick his ass out of here and install so we can
1: get like five cents cheaper by the dozen on bananas literally
0: literally like, yeah and so that's what they did in Nicaragua, Guatemala, some other countries, probably probably Panama comes to mind, I think. But like, that was the original uh, meaning of Banana Republic, which was a, a fake country, basically, like run by basically the United Fruit Company, where they owned more than half of the land in the country. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then, these leaders would like try to rise up and be like, dude, fuck this shit. And then they were killed. Just like that. Hawaii is a state because of their pineapples. Ever wonder why we randomly have a state like 3,000 miles off the West Coast, like on the other side of the globe? Mm -hmm. It's because they have pineapples and fucking United Fruit Company wanted in on that shit. So we turn them into a state.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you. So what did did the United Fruit Company just like turn into like Dole? They became Dole.
0: They they got much like the big oil companies, like
1: USSR. They like had to break apart. Yeah. Turned into Dole, fucking like all of no. (laughs) They literally did. They
0: became Dole, Chiquita, bananas. I think Chiquita is the most connected to the United Fruit Company. That's still a thing. And Dole, obviously. Dole was the pineapple thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think they... Look, if you look back, like, we've basically, when they say, like, uh, like, you know, America is owned by, like, five corporations, um, the reason for that is
1: because... It used to be one corporation. It used to be one.
0: (laughs) And then, like, for instance, oil, Standard Oil, was the company, owned by fucking, uh, was it Rockefeller? Um... I think it was Rockefeller or like one of no Rockefeller might have been the uh the fucking uh what's it called the rail the rails or no that was J P Morgan or somebody I'm getting all my shit wrong I'm going to look up most famous oil baron cuz this is a guy
1: Yeah Doug Dimond Doug
0: Dimond owner of the Dimsdale Dimond fucking monopolized biggest oil baron tycoon biggest oil tycoon Yep. Rockefeller. So Rockefeller owned Standard Oil and he went around basically uh, at a certain point he struck deals with all the train companies who was another monopoly, I believe Mm -hmm. uh, the something or other Anderson Cooper's uncle or whatever owned like the railroads or whatever or like his great great grandfather or something. And uh, he basically struck deals with them that were like, you know, you're going to ship our oil way cheaper. And, like, we're going to be able to sell our shit way cheaper because I have all these deals worked out. And then we're going to basically squeeze everyone else out of the business. And so then he would go to, like, some guy who owned land who had oil or, like, some other oil refinery and be like, hey, bro, uh, we're trying to buy this shit. And here's a price for it. And the guy would be like, "Eh." sometimes he'd be like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I don't even like oil like that. Like, I'll take the check. And sometimes he'd be like, No. This is my business. I'm selling oil too. And they'd be like, okay, cool. And then he would basically at all of his refiners around it sell oil for like some ridiculously low price that the guy could never compete with. Mm-hmm. And then he would go out of business. And then the Rockefellers would just buy the foreclosed refinery for like pennies on the dollar. And so he became a monopoly. And that's kind of when um what they call about like breaking up the trusts. Uh they broke up those big, gigantic. Uh, Monopolies in the oil and railroads. And uh, Standard Oil became Exxon, Mobil, Texaco, and a bunch of other oil companies that still exist today. But they all came out of one uh, central oil company. And uh, I'm sorry, but you can't convince me that they're still not the same company. Yeah, they're still not the same company. (laughs) I mean, how many Exxon Mobiles have I seen? Just in like, like they're the same company. And so, basically, it's like you look at how these giant corporations have influenced United States foreign policy to the point where the fucking fruit company could tell the CIA that they wanted to, uh, you know, fund and stoke an insurrection in another country to install a puppet, puppet uh, leader uh, to allow them to do what they want to
1: do. And it's like, hmm, what happened— Sam and they, you sure they didn't want that oil? Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder. It's a little bit more valuable than a banana.
0: Now that I'm really thinking about it, <laughs> I seem to remember a guy by the name of Saddam Hussein in Iraq. I seem to remember a guy named Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. And I also remember a guy named uh, something Assad in Syria, mm-hmm. all of whom came to a demise uh, by a CIA, U.S. funded insurrection of people to overthrow the leader who was going against our uh oil policies. Mm-hmm. We were saying, hey, uh, you know, you gotta sell oil in dollars. Um, and then Saddam Hussein was in the nineties, or yeah, nineties, or something. He said, uh, yeah, now I'm gonna sell them in euros. I'm going to sell oil in euros. Now, the problem with that is, is that when you start selling the world's number one commodity in a currency, see, when, when you ha- have what's called- That was when
1: the euro was like twice, or like it would be $2 to yeah. one euro. Basically. It
0: was more beneficial to them because the problem is, is that like the United States no longer backed by gold. Our money is no longer backed by gold. Our money is backed by the idea that we're the shit basically like when you get a dollar anywhere in the world can take it i've gone to mexico you can pay them in pesos or dollars and they want dollars you know they don't want pesos when you pay them in pesos they're like come on bro i'm like dude what it's your money they want dollars so like we basically made it so that uh the entire world could only purchase oil in U.S. dollars. Now that means that anybody in the world, every other country, in order to purchase the energy they need to run their country, needs to exchange their currency into our treasury for dollars, so that they can then make that transaction. That means that we're getting a piece of yeah, every we're double dipping. We're double dipping. So Saddam Hussein was like, "Nah, dude, fuck that. We're gonna sell it in euros. Boom, triple dip. I'm Get not gonna, CIA. In there. I'm not <laughs> gonna fucking. I'm not gonna fucking say. I'm not gonna fucking, dude." I'm not going to fucking, I'm not, I'm not going to say it, (laughs) but uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to wonder. I'm going to wonder. Well,
1: and then also you like, you wonder why that the fuck
0: this car horn is brought to you by the CIA, the CIA (laughs) and back to our previously scheduled programming.
1: Okay. What I was gonna say though, uh, before the alarm, you know, went off at per- perfect timing to you know stop us from talking about government mm-hmm. uh, influence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh,
0: it knew. So
1: yeah, do you remember when like it came out that Saddam Hussein died, and then like yeah. a minute later, a video came out of people like. You know, he was like hanging in the sewers in Iraq and people were like beating him with sticks and like shoving them up his ass and shit. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, that is literally like, all right, you guys want to go against the U.S. government? (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, pretty much. No, that's what it is, because, look, you can go into any and this is this is really what I'm kind of getting, not what I'm getting at, because I'm not really getting at anything. I think we have covered more topics than anybody's ever covered in 10 minutes so far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but uh, just the idea that this has been an ongoing thing, and this has always been a thing not just for the United States. I've talked about it in the past how the British funded the Greeks' independence over the Ottoman Empire, the Turkish. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave us the fucking weapons. They gave us the, the shit we needed and the backup to gain our independence from Turkey. Why? Because Turkey was their number one uh, largest obstacle to a quick and easy trade route to India, which they were currently colonizing. So they were like, well, these fucking Greek people don't like the Turkish, so we'll get them to fight our war, and then they'll overthrow the Turkish Empire. Well we'll install one of our guys into the greek government cuz like they are so indebted to us at this point we gave them all these loans and shit like that like we own greece now but they are independent from turkey at least and now turkey is less powerful we have a better trade route to our colonies and that's always been it's 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 literally like this kind of um subversion and so you can go into any place and find people that are discontent and unhappy with whatever a lot of people don't even care uh who's in power a lot of people are just discontent people that you know can be radicalized and do whatever the fuck you tell them to do Damn. you can convince them of anything you know blah 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 so you go in you find pe- you, re- you find people that are you know convert them to like anti-government people in their state you fund them you train them and then you let them rip and then they fucking go in and fucking You know, raid Qaddafi's palace in Libya. And fuck, I'm not saying Qaddafi's is a perfect person either. I mean, a lot of these guys are, you know, Saddam Hussein was a fucking dick. Qaddafi was kind of a dick, I hear. And Assad was kind of a dick. All these people are dicks, you know. But then again, it's like, it's like just the idea that like the United States is going in and kind of like fostering these uprisings to overthrow these people so that they can continue being under our thumb. Yeah. You know, so we can install a democratically elected leader who's going to do everything that we want him to do with that country's natural resources. And it's like like I said, it's not just the United States that does that. And so a lot of times when they think about like uh you know, they always talk about like Russian bots in comment sections and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um it's not a conspiracy when people talk about there is an active internet campaign aimed at at, uh, polarizing the United States public. Yeah. It's a hundred percent what's happening. And it goes both ways. There are Russian bots that are not just Russian bots. Chinese shit's doing that shit too, because we're doing it too. It's not new.
1: It was like a thing during the pandemic where like, like, uh, what do they call it? Like dis something. I don't fucking know.
0: Disinformation.
1: It was disinformation, but like, uh. Like aggravators or fucking like I don't even know what the fuck they call. Them. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. You know about what me. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, like apparently, like uh, like Russian, basically like Russian CIA, essentially was creating like Black Lives Matter rallies and Trump rallies, like on Facebook and making them meet at the same place at the same time. Yep, and just doing that all around the country mm-hmm. just to like rile shit up. Yeah. Uh, which is like. Pretty smart. It's smart. I'll give it to him.
0: It's smart. and That's it's, a good idea. Look, I'm going to give a quote that I vaguely heard one time a week ago, and it is from uh, a book called The Art of War. And I his name eludes me right now, but it's like Sun... Tzu or whatever. Yeah, something thought. like that. You got it. Um, T-Z-U or something. Um, and he said, one of the things he said is, uh, it is much easier... To defeat your enemy when they don't even know they're at war, mm. and I think that's something that, uh, when you see all the things happening in modern, in very recent times, uh, we are uh, at war. Now the problem is, is that we tend to think of war as boots on the ground, tanks in the streets. Blah, blah 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 like you see in the movies but in reality you know in this day and age you don't even need to do that and yeah, no. also if you're our enemy like china or russia or something like that they can't win that type of war
1: they can't no, send but they can like shut down the power grid for like two weeks yeah and, and they, they can fucking people's minds
0: they can fucking cast uh you know subversion into you know the public dialogue that makes people feel divided like think about it right now if a country if another outside force were to attack the united states at this very moment think about how much more difficult it would be for the american public to unite as one solid thing and be like hey dude like i know i think you're a fucking pussy liberal and i know that you think i'm a fucking racist nazi but We got to fucking beat these Chinese people's ass right now. You know, like we are so divided as a country that I could honestly imagine that if China or Russia or some other fucking united force of those nations were to like unleash an actual attack on us there, it would be so difficult just for us to be like, all right, guys, let it simmer for a second. We got to beat these guys' asses. Can we all agree on that? And probably not. Probably there's a lot of people that would be like, fuck, dude, like, fucking let America burn, dude, this fucking piece of shit country. Like, what the fuck's it ever done for me? Like, I could totally see that. And that's all purposeful. It's all purposeful. And it's kind of scary because they are doing warlike things. With their fucking, I don't, I'm not going to pretend that I know all the details of this, but you hear about like devaluing their currency and things like that, that undermines the United States economy. And at the end of the day, it's like, in order to be in the position that the United States is, we kind of have, like, is there a way to be a world superpower in which we're not kind of like low key? taking over other countries with the most important natural resources in the world and using them for ourselves so that we become the the main superpower that controls it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a, you know, it's a balancing act because it's like, yes, we've done that for, you know, hundreds of years and that's how we've come out on top as like a superpower. Mm -hmm. But also like when we stop doing that, it's like you see it happening in Africa right now, pretty much, where like China is basically just going in, redoing all the infrastructure, doing like this, that and the third. But at the same time, you know, there, there's some precious metals that are getting. There's oh, some course. some gems, some minerals, some whatever the fuck that yeah. off the record, they're just scooping up.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Nobody, no country is just sitting there being like, hey, let's go in and fix up this entire continent. Uh, for free yeah no they're going in because they want that fucking shit and like you kind of have to ask yourself it's like yeah it sucks that like uh you know we're overthrowing regimes in the middle east for oil and shit like that but at the same time check check check
1: check check still going you
0: also kind of have to think of it what as time like are
1: we at uh,
0: 43 minutes oh, hell i fixed yeah. that issue i think that was a one-off i've never nice. i haven't heard that happen in a while Um, At the same time, you kind of have to ask yourself or or kind of be aware of like if we – I know this is a terrible argument, but it it kind of is the argument, which is if we don't do it, someone else will. Like if we're not the ones taking third world countries' resources and controlling them for our own benefit to distribute to the world – Someone else will, which is what you're witnessing in Africa. What you're witnessing yeah. in Africa is we pulled out of Africa for one reason or another. I don't know what those reasons were. We're not involved really in that entire continent uh, to the level that.
1: Yeah, we were. And I think the only thing we ever did over there was establish. What was it Liberia or some shit mm-hmm. for like the if any free slaves want to go back? Yeah. Like this is racist, racist go, go, at all. Go, hey, go back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know.
0: Um, But it's like, so what happens is, when there's a vacuum, someone's going to fill it. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, it's like, okay, so we all acknowledge that if the United States wasn't the one installing our government into Libya and Syria and Saudi Arabia and Iraq, uh, China or Russia or some other uh, superpower would. So then it has to come down to this idea of like, okay, well, the United States, albeit flawed, Mm -hmm. is still... Uh, a better beacon of opportunity and prosperity uh, and more fair as a general rule than uh, any of those other guys. So is it not best that if someone's going to do it, it would be us?
1: You know? That's the question. It's the, you know, I, I hate this argument, but it's like, you know, people always say it's the lesser of two evils, right? Yeah. But also, at the same time, why can't there just be like one good that's also very strong. That's like, yeah, don't fuck with these guys. Just let them do their thing. But that's never going to happen.
0: That's true. That is the ultimate goal, of course, is to have like one. And, and like, you kind of got to like think about like, you know, what you're talking about is like a benevolent force. And, you know, everybody is going to seek out their own personal uh, profit from any situation, just like we were talking about before. Like, China's not going into Africa and rebuilding their fucking roads and shit uh, because they're nice. You
1: yeah, know, they're doing it so that when they mine all of their minerals, they'll have a road to drive them exactly. back to the port on.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, no, you can't really convince a bunch of people in China that all of the... I don't even... Do they pay taxes? I don't even know how their shit works. Like, I think they just are... The gov- I don't even know how it works in China. but <laughs> Every like
1: person in China works for the government. Yeah,
0: like, not that you'd have to. I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But, like, not that you'd have to even convince the people of China because, well, like, they no, don't have to say.
1: So, I think, like, the difference between the U.S. and China, you know, like you're saying, if fucking Russian ships pulled up at fucking the Inner Harbor right now. Mm-hmm. It would be like half and half like, oh, my God, we got to fucking get them out of here. And then the other half would be like, oh, my God, what the heck? Like, they didn't do anything wrong yet. Yep. Like, what? hmm. hmm. Yeah. Dude, if Russian or like, you know, whatever U.S. tanks pulled up to China right now, the entire nation would be like, the fuck you trying to do, bro?
0: Well, that is the that is the existential advantage that all these other countries have. See, the fatal flaw of the United States is that we are not unified by a culture, a common background. Or a common like, uh, like religion. Like if you go Don't to say Sweden, skin
1: color. Don't say skin. skin color. Color. <laughs> <laughs> Race. Race. Race.
0: <laughs> We're not. America is, as I've said before on the podcast, it's an idea, and. Um, the idea is that, like, you can be an American, just like I said before, like, I can't go to China and become Chinese. It's not happening. Yeah. Like, I could learn the language, I could do whatever the fuck I want, but, like, nobody's ever going to see me as a Chinese man, you know? But a Chinese man can come here and become an American.
1: Yeah, and but, but no, it's even crazier. Uh, if you were a Chinese American, you were born here and tried to go back to China, there wouldn't even take you in. Really? Yeah. They call I them like know, ABCs.
0: Anything but Chinese.
1: No, like American-born Chinese. The opposite of UMBC. Yeah, <laughs> you must be Chinese. <laughs> must
0: be Chinese. <laughs> 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 um, but like that, people overlook that as a thing because what's happening in America is we have these ideals that have created the most prosperous and benevolent uh, society uh, to date in world history, but. Because we don't, like, people, I hate even the comparisons of, like, people talk about, like, oh, like, look at Finland, look at Sweden, look at fucking Switzerland. It's like, okay, great, dude. What do you see when you go to Switzerland and Finland and Denmark? You see a bunch of fucking Swiss people and Swedes and Danish people. They all have a common culture. They all have a common heritage. It's much easier for them to move in one direction because they're all coming from the same place. In a country like America, the only thing that unifies us is this idea And so, if you can trash that idea, then you've kind of destroyed the country. Mm. And that's what makes it easier because, like, when you, when if the US were to invade China, every Chinese person would be like, fuck this shit. We're Chinese. They're not. Get the fuck out of here. And the idea of America was supposed to be the same thing. Like, if somebody invades us, it's like, dude, we're fucking Americans. We fucking rock. We should exist. Like, it's this existential thing of like wanting to proliferate your own fucking thing and if you can if you can tarnish the idea and and like devalue the morale of a country to where like half the country doesn't even like the fact or like half like half the country can't even agree with the other side of the country on anything and it's like there's no unifying bond at the base of that yeah. then it's like we are like y- you're kind of taking us over like that is kind of what's happening i mean it is exactly what's happening not even kind of but it's like it's all this kind of like slow, subversive type of thing where like you just beat us down. And this is what happens to every empire. If you go back and you look at the the uh, Greek empire, the Roman empire, um, you know, as two prime examples, uh, they overexpand. They entail, you know, the Roman empire kind of had the same ideas as, see, the difference between the Greeks and the Romans were the Greeks um, expanded and expanded and expanded. And uh, they Greekified everything. Like, they were like, no, you guys are Greeks now. Like, I don't care what fucking bullshit you're speaking, what language. Like, you speak Greek now. We're the best. You should acknowledge that. Blah, blah, blah. And then people get pissed off. And to the point where, like, Greece couldn't even be unified amongst themselves. Because Sparta fucking didn't like Athens. And Athens didn't like Crete. And blah, 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 blah. The Romans did it a little bit different. They went in and they were like, hey, uh, um... You guys can still kind of like do your thing. You just have to like pay us tribute. Like like hey, like Normans in France, like you can still speak your stupid like fucking hocus pocus language, but like as long as you're and then they would have borders and they would offer like hey, like you could you could fight for your country's army or like if you fight for our army, we'll pay you like way more. We'll give you like a fucking house and shit. So like people wanted to be Roman. Yeah. You know? And so like it made it a little bit easier for them to kind of like subvert other country because they were kind of like this benevolent thing. But even them, they over expanded to the point where like it becomes too much of a thing and there's not enough of the uh, country that is unified and then they get taken over easily. And, uh, you know, they lasted a lot longer than America has to this point. Um, in fact, uh, the Byzantine Empire, which was Greek Rome, Eastern Rome, survived until like 1500s or like late 1400s or something like that. Like a thousand years after quote unquote Rome fell, the Byzantine Greek speaking Eastern Roman Empire survived probably because they were all fucking uh, like speaking one language and, uh, you know, United under one religion or whatever, Christianity and things like that. I guess what I'm saying is is that kind of like the Civil War, I imagine, the American Civil War was this, like, very testing thing because, like, it was, like, the Revolutionary War, it really was this revolutionary idea to be like, hey, let's come up with this idea where, like, you can be whatever religion you want and you can, like, think whatever you want to think and, like, we're not going to fuck with you as long as you, at the end of the day, are an American. And then, like, less than 100 years later, half the country was like, nah, fuck that. And yeah. then we got in this big fucking war where more Americans died, I think, than, like, any other war, obviously, because it was on both sides. And then, uh, or maybe not, I don't know, probably. Yeah. Um. And then I imagine at that point, people are sitting there being like, were we wrong? Is this possible? Can you actually have a country where you have a bunch of people from... Uh, cultures that don't necessarily like like fuse together properly like is this a doable thing because this is kind of like the first time it's been done America is the first time this has been done Yeah. and now it's like you know the Civil War was what 1860s we're talking like 150 years later and it's like it does seem to be this like very like we're trying it but we forget that like we forget that, like, uh, I guess. I don't. I don't I, what am I trying to say here? It's like we have this. We have this uh, tendency throughout history that at any given moment in history, we assume that we've got it figured out.
1: Yeah. Like, or we just assume that the people before us figured it out. Yeah, like we're when finally in reality. Here. They're just like, let's try to do what the Romans did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it worked out for them all of human history in that book but
0: all of human history (laughs) all of human history is just us trying to figure it out and like every single it's only ever been the present you know in 1930 2022 didn't exist yet they had no idea. like they didn't have the context of knowing about the internet or The Vietnam War or Bill Clinton or any other fucking any like they didn't know the Rolling Stones. They didn't have any of that. They were just working off of right now and everything that came before us. So then you look at things like the lobotomy where like at the time, like I was watching some uh, we'll call it YouTube video because it doesn't cross the time threshold. On the Kennedy curse, which is how, like, all the Kennedys always die in these, like, weird freak accidents. Yeah. In fact, the most recent one was in Maryland.
1: Yeah, in Annapolis, right? Yeah, where, like, they like, got,
0: like, drift to, to sea or whatever. Yeah, they're, like, in
1: a kayak.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And it makes you wonder. It, wander. like,
1: sounds freaky.
0: Definitely sketch. Yeah. Um. But, like, so, like, the oldest sister, I forgot her name, of John F. Kennedy uh was like a little, let's say, loopy.
1: Trampy. Trampy. Yeah, <laughs> she was a
0: witch. Um, and, uh, you know, apparently she was just a little slow and also would have these, like, violent, like, outbursts and, like, freak out, and it was an embarrassment to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... He, so they the, bought f- her a mansion and <laughs> fucking the, Dude, the Utah. fucking father signed her up against her will for this new progressive operation called the lobotomy Mm. and so at the time they're thinking like this is the cutting edge of medical science like this is it baby this is the future we're gonna fucking take an ice pick a literal ice pick through like the top of your eye and like just do some like poking around and so you shut the fuck up basically pretty much that was where we were at and he was like yeah sure like she's Totally embarrassed me at my birthday party last week. Fucking do that. So they do. And of course it renders her with like the brain of a two-year-old and she's like disabled and in and out of mental, like not in and out, just permanently in like mental institution to mental institution until she dies at like 90 years old. Mm. And it's like, you look at it and it's like, yeah, looking back a hundred years later, you can be like, well, that was stupid. Why the fuck did you do that? But at the time they're thinking like, well, the fucking doctors are saying this is good, so let's fucking do it.
1: yeah, well, and also it's like even for like medicine now, people go on like the experimental new fucking drugs if you know it's their only option mm-hmm. so back then it's like, well, we did just learn about this thing called a lobotomy. Mm-hmm. We could potentially fix her brain, yeah yeah <laughs> and fix. and just like a parent wanting to do anything for their kids. Mm-hmm. They're going to do anything. They're going to try anything. And it's like, I don't know. No, it's It sucks hearing about shit like that because it's like, you can't, it's not always like the parent being a dick. It's like, they could have like the best intentions or whatever for that situation. But at the same time, like they're rich assholes. So fuck it.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, John F. Kennedy's father was obviously... Apparently, involved heavily with like organized crime and all yeah. that shit, and blah blah blah, which is uh may have eventually led to uh JFK's assassination and probably did. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not a coincidence, it'd be crazier if it was a coincidence, but conspiracy
1: like conspiracy heavy episode. I know
0: we're really digging deep,
1: it's getting so hot
0: in here. I too. know, I know. We'll go a little bit longer and call it a fucking day. Um, but the main point- like the
1: government shut the AC off, <laughs> did
0: me the government <laughs> the fucking government you can kick it on if you want to no it's okay it's not a big deal or crack the door a little bit yeah true and uh turn the fan on these are all ideas as well there we go oh Holy. yeah now we're talking a little air well i can actually feel that a little bit yeah it's nice it's it nice. feels amazing this is already. good this is good um but like So given all that, the fact that you only ever know what you know to this point, we kind of assume that America is going to work because it just hasn't failed yet. Yeah. But we have no context of like literally tomorrow. And this is what kind of gets me. It's like literally tomorrow uh, a bomb could be dropped on New York City and it would change everything. You know, and like I was thinking about that with like, even with my girlfriend moving to Miami, uh, like you can be living a regular life and doing everything that you think is going to lead to something, and then something happens that completely changes everything about your life that's out of your control. Yeah. And uh, I I was thinking about this when I was playing. I'm real big, and now that I'm like, uh, just like. I'm basically living the life of a single guy but minus any sex or anything like that or just mm. like like the, the, like just the day to day of just a guy with no girlfriend yeah, but I have my a girlfriend. life as a single guy yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm living the life of most single men <laughs>
1: I'm living the life of both of us before the age of 21. yeah
0: <laughs> and so as this like guy with like all this like free time now, I'm been playing a lot of chess. Recently. And so I'm playing a lot of chess on my phone, getting back into getting old Jimmy the Rook Selesky back up to snuff to take Dom out in the fucking Santa Bowl tournament that we do every year. (laughs) And uh, I was sitting there going, like, okay, so I make my move, but I remember looking at it and being like, the beautiful thing about chess is like, if this other guy could, he, like, if you're down to like a couple pieces and you're like in a perfect thing where like nothing I can do can get to you. Mm You could, in theory, if the rules of the game allowed, just sit there and force me to keep having to do stuff and I could never do anything. But you have to make a move. The other person, every time you make a move, has to make a move. And so it's like, I guess the metaphor I'm working at here is like, there's what you do. You make your move and then the world makes its move. And it's like, it can never be stationary. Yeah. So it's like, we're kind of in this weird place right now where it's like, yeah, we've done our shit and like, we're living our life regular and it does blow my mind that like in a fucking instant, it could all be fucking different, completely outside of our control, nothing we could do about it. And all we can do is just fucking make our next move after that, you know? So, uh... I don't even, To be honest, I I don't think I had a point there. But
1: uh, I liked where you're going with it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all that counts. It's
0: all that matters, dude. Do acid. and, and acid. Uh,
1: become but a crime Don't b- kill people.
0: Yeah, don't kill people. And, and look, if you're gonna have a fucking house with machine guns, have some bitches.
1: Or like a safe or a something a
0: safe. I mean, I'm sure they can crack a safe, dude. They could probably crack a safe. We can get to Mars. We can crack a fucking safe. Yeah, true. <laughs> fucking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> whatever.
0: Um, we're we looking at here, guys. It is John's birthday. I yeah, thought I should say the that big three one. Yeah, I hardly even mentioned that my birthday is in two days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, geez, did I have one of those like weird epiphanies today, where like it just hit me that you yeah. Know? thirty? Yeah, that's, that's a big number. That's a big number, and like it, it like I, I've every year I've kind of gotten better about like not letting myself go down that whole like rabbit hole of being like depressed because it's also, you have to have an understanding of like any depression you may feel about like, uh, you know, Oh dude, I'm not where I thought I would be when I was this age. First of all, it's all an idea. And second of all, it's all based off of like, um, just like when you're a kid and you have this idea of adults that they're like, grown-ups quote-unquote mm-hmm. grown-ups and like at a certain age you just like suddenly figure everything out and you know all the right answers to everything and you know the right things to do and how to handle every situation and then you get to that age and you're like oh wait I'm just me but older yeah Like I'm just me with more life experience and it's like all the ideas that uh I or someone in general may have had about like what life was gonna be like at uh, this age or that age is all just as much of a just like an illusion as like when you thought that when you were 22 that you'd be like some like grown up. Yeah, so it's like doesn't exist. Like it just, and like at every I remember my grandfather saying that like the other uh, like a, maybe it was a year ago at this point or something at Christmas and he or his birthday and he turned like 86 or 87 and he was just like literally we're just drinking and just like a regular guy who's like. I'm fucking eighty-seven. Can you believe that? And I was just like, that's crazy. Because like I feel the same way. Like I'll be sitting there at thirty. Like in two days, I know it and be like, mm-hmm. I'm fucking thirty. Yeah,
1: halfway through a power hour yeah. at your apartment. Yeah, having it like this, it's just like having a good time, being surrounded by friends. You're just gonna be like,
0: damn. Yeah. But I'm thirty. Thirty. Because w- that age entails all these different like like every age entails a certain like expectation I would say you know like at 30 that's officially the end of your 20s and like the 20s are basically in modern society the last hurrah of like they always say like uh your 30s are like your 20s but with money yeah so uh We'll see about that in two days.
1: Yeah, we'll see if the money comes yeah, in Yeah, suddenly I get my big 30-year-old 30, <laughs> 30
0: check from the government.
1: Yeah, the government's like, finally, you don't have to pay taxes anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank God. Oh,
0: congratulations, you're 30. I love being an adult. <laughs>
1: but it's all just like, you know, it's
0: like at the end of the day, it just is fucking wild. And I was thinking about it today, and I was like, dude, I'm fucking 30 now. I am... 30 in two days. I still tell people I'm 29 for the time being because I am still 29 yeah, for two for the days. Time being. For two days, I'm hanging two on. Two
1: days it. that you're clawing on.
0: Yeah. Of course. You know, I'm not fucking 30 yet. Yeah. I'm not. I have not lived for 30 fucking years. I've lived for 29 years and 363, 365ths of a year. Okay. All right. We're not rounding up these days. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah. So honestly, I think Saturday is going to be fucking fun.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I
0: think that, uh, you know, I think my 30s are going to be fun. I mm-hmm. think that, uh, you know, if I look back to 10 years ago when I was on the verge of turning 20 and thinking the exact same thoughts. Yeah. Literally at 19 being like, dude, I'm about to be fucking 20. Are you kidding me? Like, what the fuck? In fact, I did watch a uh, another, <laughs> believe it or not, another YouTube video um, talking about... Two in one day. Oh, dude. (laughs) I wish. I wish. You think I'd be having this conversation if I only watch two videos? I'd be fucking where I want to (laughs) be. I'd be 24 right now. (laughs) Um, Where apparently in America, when they survey people like, what age would you want to be of all ages? Mm -hmm. The best age to be, according to the American public, is 21, Mm. which makes perfect sense. Because that's the age when you're finally allowed to do everything legally, basically. Like, you can drink, you can smoke. But also, like,
1: no one takes you seriously.
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of that is, like... Like, they say that, like, people over 40, the age that they want to be, is 28. Mm. And, like, people under... Like, okay, so I think what it was is that... Basically, what they found is that everyone over 21 wished that they were younger. And everyone under 21 wished they were 21. Yeah. So, like it basically they show that like basically the idea is like everyone older than 21 wants to be younger everyone younger than 21 wants to be 21 so 21 is kind of like the peak age for like what people would want to be now personally uh 21 well,
1: personally like 27 or 28 is like that's a good age that was the good that was the best age probably cuz
0: that's like the 40s of your 20s yeah you know what i mean like you're like like you're you're twenty you're in your twenties, but like you're not a twenty-two year old. No. Like you got some stuff going on, at least, or you know some shit, blah, 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 blah. Uh 30 is obviously the dead of 20s, but uh it's the fucking 21 of adulthood, I would say. That's true. I would say. Like I like I'm now old enough to be taken seriously. Mm. When you tell somebody I'm 30, it's like, oh shit, I'm talking to a man now. Yeah. I'm like, yes, you are.
1: Yes, you are.
0: Thanks for noticing.
1: Yeah, it's going to be weird, dude. Yeah, you're right behind me, dude. Yeah, I'm a month away. I still got a month left, a month and two days of calling myself 29. (laughs) I'm in my 20s. Just taking it easy, just, just chilling. Taking it easy. I'm chilling in my 20s. Just coasting. No big deal. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a kid bit. still. I called myself a young adult the other day. That is I can't nice. do that as a 30 year old. Uh,
0: <laughs> or maybe yeah, I yeah, can. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I might yeah. still
1: be able to. <laughs> 30. Yeah, 30
0: is just like, I think thir- your early 30s, you're like, I think that is the prime of adulthood, I would say. Probably. If I had to say, because it's like, I'm That's still, like the,
1: it's like the rare of adulthood. Yeah. I heard, uh, <laughs> I heard. Medium rare is like mid to late 30s. Mid to late 30s, yeah. Medium 40. Yeah, medium is middle age. Yeah. You know? Well done, 65.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You are well done. You might as well be done. Um, but I heard some, like, one of the bartenders at, uh, Perennial when I was playing there. He's 22. Mm. And he was saying, like, yeah, I'm just trying to put myself in a financial position where, like, when I'm 30, I can chill and I'm just sitting there, like,
1: Bruh. bruh what the fuck it's are you just talking so about it's
0: so funny how like because i remember when i was 22 thinking 30 was like it, yeah. like the same way i feel about 40 now yeah
1: i thought 30 was 20 years away at like 20 you oh, know yeah what i mean
0: it's like a whole other thing and then all of a sudden you are that and you're like oh yeah okay whatever so this is my uh whatever year which means... That could mean good things, too. Mm. Whatever, whatever, dude. Fucking let's do it, baby. 30!
1: I'm down for whatever, bro.
0: John's turning 31 today. Mm. Or did turn 31 today. So he's well into it. He's in the thick of it, baby.
1: Yeah, he's he's already five years into 30. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At 31. <laughs>
0: and we're about to meet up with him for a little happy hour uh, yeah, sure. shenanigans. Folks, thanks for tuning in as always... Yes. Sir. Uh, dude, big plugs, obviously. Fucking
1: um, the BCF. Yeah, Baltimore Comedy Festival is coming up. Uh, I f- think I'm on a show September 2nd at the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra. Ooh. So come on out to that. I think that's probably going to be like the first, one of the first comedy shows in the orchestra. Not in wow. the orchestra. I don't think they're letting us do it like in the actual you guys are gonna have like a conductor we're gonna do it like set. in the lobby <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah come on out to that that's awesome uh, go to the baltimorecomedyfest.com look at all the shows that are popping up around the city over labor day weekend um at eric laser for everything else
0: Fuck yeah, dude! Uh, you know, I already know your boy's not playing on his birthday weekend. Hell, a little yeah. staycation. I hate using that word, but this really is a staycation. I need this week to just not have to do shit. Yeah, just podcast, fucking, and chill. Podcast and party.
1: This podcast week. party. Yeah, and pretend you're still 29. Oh yeah, <laughs> the three P's of turning 30. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Podcast, party and pretend. Yes. We love that. Um uh but next week coming up, you know, every Tuesday at Perennial in Towson, 5 to 8 30. Uh making my second to last Wednesday night appearance at the horse you came in on. That is correct. You heard that right. I am uh no longer gonna be doing Wednesday every other Wednesday night with Jason Heiser mm. in Fells Point at uh the horse on Wednesday nights. Uh so I got this one and then I got September seventh. And then there'll be a cutoff. But we'll still be playing there as a band every second Friday of the month and assorted holidays. So we're still in there. Just Wednesday nights. We're getting a little much uh, for my 30-year-old self. Uh, so that's this coming Wednesday, uh, the 24th, 9.30 to close. Uh, Thursday, the 25th, making my return back to high tops after a little bit. Uh, I'll be there uh, 7 to 11. And then on Saturday... Uh, if you're a good old boy in Carroll County, I don't get out to Carroll County much, but I'm there this Saturday the twenty-seventh at CNR Hampstead, the real CNR. Mm. You know, uh CNR and Towson, Cowboys and Rednecks, Not it's just Towson. a bunch of frat kids that like country. I'm talking about real cowboys talking about and real rednecks, spittoons that are being used guys with unironic farmer stands like legitimate yeah. oh you were you are a farmer yeah you know uh that's six to ten solo at cnr pub in hampstead on saturday august 27th other than that uh we still have that new single coming out uh soon probably in september at some point early september uh, it's called In Motion. Follow the band at Sophomore MD. Just bought us a domain name, SophomoreMD.com just so I could have the schedule. It was like twenty dollars a year. I was like, I can do oh, this. A yeah. dollar twenty a month to have a schedule online. I'll take it. Uh, so uh, you know, wait, brace yourselves for the launch of that at Jimmy Selesky on everything at LFTS Podcast on everything. Baltimore Comedy Festival coming up. Boom. Holy cannoli! It's getting real, folks. Year until next week. Peace. Peace.